Financial Grown-Up Guide, Six Credit Myths That Will Probably Surprise You with Clever Girl Finance author Bola Sekunbi. You're listening to Financial Grown-Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown-Up. And you know what? Being a grown-up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. We got this. Friends, if you are listening to this podcast, you're clearly interested in becoming a financial grown-up. You may already be one, in fact. And you probably know a lot already, but sometimes, even with our best efforts, we make assumptions or we just don't think about how certain things that we do, well-meaning as they may be, will impact our money and for the purposes of this episode, our credit. I'm excited to bring back one of my very favorite financial grown-ups to give us some tips on credit and what we need to know and to talk about her new book, Clever Girl Finance, Ditch Debt, Save Money, and Build Real Wealth. Bola Sekunbi, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me on the show, Bobby. I'm excited to talk to you. Congratulations on the book. It's hard to believe there wasn't a book already because your platform is so huge. Tell us a little bit about that. I know. Thank you so much. So I'm really excited. I wrote a book called Clever Girl Finance, same name as my platform. Um, So it's called Clever Girl Finance, Ditch Debt, Save Money and Build Real Wealth. It comes out June 25th. And it is a guide for women who want to achieve financial wellness. And I can't wait to share it with everyone. And it walks through steps very specifically. We're going to focus in just a moment on credit myths, which is something that really stood out as something a lot of us, including me, some of them, really never thought about in a proactive way. And we sort of have an idea about them, but I think we're going to give people some very specific information that they may not already have. Before that, I do want to tell everyone that while I absolutely loved reading your book, which by the way is a total page turner, I love the fact that it's just the right length. It's just under 200 pages, so it's easy to get through, but still a lot of quality information. The truth is, Bola, I don't always have time to read all the books that I want, and I can't always bring them, bring people, for example, like you on the show to just extract everyone's best ideas. (laughs) So... I want to tip everybody off to something that I discovered recently. It is called Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. And what it does is it takes the best, pretty much always nonfiction books, and it breaks them down into the most important points. You can get the knowledge that you need in the realistic timeframe that you have. By the way, if you have the time, you can always get the whole book through the app as well. Blinkist lets you read or listen to one-minute summaries on pretty much any device, I do it on my phone. That's probably where you'll go. It's great if you have read a book also and want a refresher. I did that recently with Tim Ferriss's The 4-Hour Workweek. I also recently listened to Rachel Hollis's book, Girl, Stop Apologizing, and got so much out of it. I'm obsessed with it. And I did, because of that, I reached out to Blinkist. They have partnered with Financial Grown Up. So if you are interested in checking it out with a free trial, go to bobbyrebell.com forward slash Blinkist. You can learn more and you can get as I mentioned, a free trial. And then, of course, be in touch on all the socials and let me know what you are reading at BobbyRebel1 on Instagram, at BobbyRebel on Twitter. But let's get to Bola and her six credit myths that will probably surprise us. Are you ready, Bola? Yes, let's do this. (laughs) All right, myth number one. This has to do with your cell phone bill and whether paying your cell phone bill is going to build your credit score. That is actually a myth your cell phone bill does not actually build your credit score. However, if you pay your cell phone bill late, 
which includes any other bills you have, it can potentially have a negative impact on your credit. So one of the things you want to focus on is making sure that you're paying your bills on time, you're paying your credit cards every month and leveraging credit responsibly. And you can do that really by automating because those are bills that are really the same every month. Yes, you can automate your your payments. You can check in to see, to make sure the right amounts are being deducted from your bank account. But you make you want to make sure that you're setting those reminders to make sure that you pay those bills on time. Myth number two: carrying a credit card balance is good for your credit. Tell us, Bola, what's up with that? Wrong. So carrying a credit card balance is actually not a great idea because you end up owing money that you're going to be paying interest on. And from a credit perspective, you actually increase your credit utilization, which is basically how much of your available credit that you're using. And this can have a negative impact on your credit score if your utilization is way up. And so the What you should be focused on is paying off your credit card bill in full every month if you can so that you can build and protect your credit score. So basically, you want to have the ability to borrow a lot of money on credit but not be using that much of that. Exactly. You don't want to be maxing out all your cards. Myth number three, closing unused credit cards is good for your credit. So that's another one that people get confused about. There isn't really any study that shows that closing your cards is better than keeping them open. However, the average age, the average life of your cards accounts towards your overall credit score. And so you want to think about keeping your oldest cards open as this can help your score. And what you can do is if these are cards that you don't use often, you can set reminders to spend a little bit on them and then pay it off in full that month just to show activity. But that age of um, your credit, that credit card actually helps, can help your credit score. How often should you spend? Is it like a once a year thing? Is it make a token purchase every month? I would say every couple of months. I don't think there are any firm rules as to how often you should spend. The one thing to keep in mind is that your creditor or your um, credit provider might have rules about inactivity. And so let's say you don't use the card for six months or 12 months, they might decide to close or cancel it. So you can call them to confirm what the inactivity window is. Should you ask to have higher credit limits? So you can ask to increase your credit line because that will increase your available credit rights. It will reduce your overall credit utilization. However, if you're asking for a higher credit limit so that you can spend it, then you don't want to be doing that because that's not going to help your credit score. Right. You never want to be carrying a balance. So basically, if if that's going to tempt you, if it's going to tempt you to spend more, then don't do it. Okay. Myth number four, thinking you only have one credit score. So no, you actually have multiple credit scores. You have the FICO score, which is the Fair Isaac um, score that was created by FICO. There is the Vantage score, which was created by all three credit bureaus. And then there is the Empirica score, which was put together by TransUnion. So you actually have multiple credit scores. However, the good news here is that your credit scores tend to align with each other. So they won't be the exact same number, but they will be close. So one credit score is somewhat of an indication of how the other ones are doing. If you're applying, for example, for a mortgage, which one are they likely to look at? Is there one that's sort of the most accepted, the most looked at? So the FICO score is the most popular score. However, it's up to the lender's discretion to determine if they want to use an alternative score, um, depending on their setup, or if they want to leverage more than one of your scores to make a better assessment of um, how much credit or how much of a mortgage they give to you. But the FICO score is the most popular one. Myth number five, checking your credit report will not reduce your credit score. 
Ooh. <laughs> well, we're supposed to, we just got through saying we should know what our credit score is, right? Yes. So how does this, how does this work if that's a bad thing? So it's not necessarily a bad thing. So when you are applying for like a new loan, like a, a mortgage or a new credit card, you're going to initiate something called a hard inquiry. And a hard inquiry will generally have a temporary impact on your credit score where it can potentially drop your score temporarily for a few months. Uh, that's a hard inquiry. So that impacts your credit score because the lenders want to see the report of this person they're considering issuing credit to. However, for anything like credit monitoring, which is where the confusion comes into play, if you have credit monitoring on your account or you're checking into your credit karma or credit sesame or one of those other, you know, your bank's free credit monitoring tool, then you're doing something called a soft inquiry. And a soft inquiry does not impact your credit at all. And so when you are um, thinking about your credit, your goal should be to minimize the number of hard inquiries. So you don't want to be checking your credit score every day or every month for that matter, because it's not going to have a positive impact on your credit. And can you ask the people that are going to do this credit check if it's going to be hard inquiry or soft inquiry, or can you request that it be a soft inquiry instead of a hard one? You can definitely ask whether or not it's a soft inquiry depends on if you're actively applying. So one thing to keep in mind is that, for instance, let's say you're going to apply for a mortgage, right? You can get a pre-approval, which is typically valid for about 60 to 90 days, I believe. And that pre-approval for that mortgage will trigger a hard inquiry. However, you don't have to keep running a hard inquiry with every home seller you go to. You can say, I have this pre-approval and they can leverage that. They can use it as the basis to start um, the transaction of purchasing the home. So you, you, there's always strategy around it. The same with auto loans. You can get a pre-approval from like your credit union or your bank for an auto loan and you can take it to the different dealerships as opposed to them running hard inquiries every time you're interested in the car. So bring them the information so that each person doesn't run a separate one because that would really be a lot. Myth number six, a bad credit score cannot be rebuilt. This is the biggest myth out there, and I don't know why so many people believe it. However, it is the opposite. You can rebuild your credit from a low score. It takes time. That is the key here. So you have to give yourself patience and you have to take the right actions to build the score back up. So things like paying your bills on time, making sure that you've negotiated any of your debts that are in collections, getting credit counseling or coaching if you need that. But it's all about implementing the positive behaviors around personal finance to help you get your credit back on track. And so set those reminders, pay down your credit card bills. If you have a credit card that doesn't have a balance, make sure you're paying it off every month as you're using it, pay your other utilities on time, all those things, even though, like I said, they don't necessarily impact your credit score on a month to month basis. If you don't pay them on time, you pay them late, they can get reported to the credit bureaus. Great information, Bola. You always have so many amazing projects going on. Tell us what else is going on and about your book and where people can learn more about you and follow you and get involved. So the biggest project I have going on this summer is taking a vacation after yes! it comes out with my kids. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really- oh, Wait, wait, wait. Tell everyone about your family because I think it's important that working moms, we hear about what you're doing because it's not just the, the work. You've got a lot of other stuff going on. How many kids do you have? I have five-year-old twins and a husband. Yay! <laughs> so very busy home life. Um, right about now, I have no help with my kids. So I'm kind of juggling everything, doing promo for the book going to school drop-off, doing promo for the book, going to school pickup, making school lunches, dinners, all that stuff. So it's a little crazy here right now. But you got it all under control. Where can people tell us, are you going on a book tour? Tell us your socials. 
Yes, I'm going to be having a book launch party in New York City, um, which I'll be sharing on social media, and then planning out a book tour later um, in the summer after my vacation. And you can find me at cleverallfinance.com on Instagram. You can come join our tribe. We have a ton of fun on Instagram. It is at cleverallfinance. And I also have a YouTube channel at cleverallfinance as well. Big fan. Thank you so much, Bola. And everyone, check out Clever Girl Finance, Ditch Debt, Save Money, and Build Real Wealth. So wonderful to have you again. And we'll we'll leave a link also to Bola's uh, previous episode of the Financial Grown-Up Podcast, where she shares a money story and all the wisdom along with that. Thanks, Bola. Thank you so much, Bobby. Financial Grown-Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.